Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Episode 67 moves from putting some coal in your stocking to giving you suggestions for gifts you might want to give that special someone, even or maybe especially if that special someone is yourself. After first reeling in shock over how many episodes we produce this year, Graham McMillan and I slowly recover so that we can bring you a long list of holiday gift suggestions. Some of what we mentioned will be familiar to longtime listeners, but there are also some surprises in our picks in order to give you a list of more than 30 holiday gift suggestions. We hope you enjoy, and we wish you the very best this holiday season. Thanks for listening. Which I have to say, like, I'm kind of awestruck. Like, in, in order to assemble this list, what I did, and I didn't finished doing this entirely was I scrolled through all my introductions that I wrote for for the Wait What episodes because I'm like, oh, the things that we talk about and I'm like, oh right, I'm a big fan of this, I'm a big fan of that, I'll grab this and I should mention that and I was like, holy shit we have a lot of episodes Like We, we have a up, lot of episodes It's really kind of crazy like we put up this. Th- we are recording uh, episode 67 at the beginning of the year, I have an introduction that I wrote for, wait, what, episode 22. Like, I'm just like, wow, that's a lot, you know? Like, not to necessarily toot our own horn, but, I mean, it makes sense considering we do them kind of weekly. But I'm like, Jesus Christ, Graham, we're, we've covered some ground, you know? No, it's, it's kind of true. It's, you're suddenly like, aha, uh-huh, so doing them almost weekly it ends up being like 50 episodes a year. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> and you're like, right? what? And the funny thing is, like, we started before, like, we've been doing this for more than two years, right? Right. Were we just right, so right. regular to begin with? We and then, really then we just locked yeah. it in as weekly? Yeah, exactly. That was exactly it. We went through a period where we uh, were doing, well, I don't know, I would have to look back at them because I actually don't have... We, you know, we started doing them, it looks like, in, amazingly enough, 2009. Wow. So, wait, so we've done 22 between 2009 and 2011, and then 2011 we did, like, 50-odd? Or 40-odd, I should say? Yeah, we did 40-odd issues, like, 45 episodes in, like, one year, and basically 22 in the first year and a half. That's amazing. So... Yeah, it, it really is. It was like this huge change. Well, and there was also like apparently just an enormous gap, like three and four month gaps from when we did like, it looks like, unless I'm mistaken, we did Wait What issue five, episode five. Like a year after. 2009. <laughs> yeah, October 2009 and Wait What uh, episode six in like April of 2010. So we have three month and six month gaps there as opposed to like, you know what we've had like two weeks you know and, and even then we felt kind of guilty oh yeah oh yeah we've felt guilty and in fact that one we came back and did like double or triple duty so yeah no uh end of the season like i was like holy shit oh you know a lot of lot of content there i mean i guess that's that's what the internet's all about but good lord it's really weird when you sort of sit back at the end of the year and you're like wait i did all of that i know I know, exactly. Um, and that's the weird thing about the internet. You you do all this stuff. In fact, I was talking to somebody about this. Like, if you were doing all this on, like, a typewriter or there were, like, tape reels or something like that, you know, you would really get a sense of, like, Jesus Christ, I produced a ton. Like, I can only imagine, like, if you printed out everything that you wrote this year. Oh, God, like, I, I wouldn't even want to do that. 
Yeah, I know, exactly. You wouldn't want to waste the paper. You wouldn't even want to look at it. It would be like so many shelves of paper, in a way. Um, and yet, that's just what that's just what you do <laughs> year after year. And it's the same thing here. We've produced you know, well over 100 hours of content, of which I hope people enjoy and appreciate, and I'm glad they do. But it was also kind of like, Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a lot of stuff. That is, there's a, and actually the fun part that maybe ties us back into the holiday gift list is I was assembling lists of things. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be talking for a long time just about the stuff that I read, that I liked, that I feel is more or less relegated to just this year, you know? There's a few things that I put down. I'm so looking forward to doing this because I haven't prepared a gift list at all. So you go... Oh no! Really? Okay. Because uh, I also I also have the feeling I'm going to completely agree with a lot of them, and also the ones I don't agree with, I'll just be like, I haven't read it. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, actually, interestingly enough, there were so many of them that I broke them into uh, collections, actual quote unquote actual comics, by which I mean floppies that come out, and. Uh, digital picks. I actually created a small little section for digital picks. I haven't completely created this, but my my gift, gift list for people, because you're going to be listening to this listener is just a few days before Christmas and you might be panicking and going, what the fuck do I get people? Um, the majority of this stuff is stuff that uh, I read this year and for the most part is stuff that is... Um, quote unquote new this year uh, you'll you'll see why I've got the quotes in there so first off uh, top of the list and this is in no particular order whatsoever but uh, Kirby's Captain America Omnibus which says 2010 but I swore it came out in 2011 and Walt Simonson's Thor Omnibus which also came out in 2011 um, I think those two things if you've got you know if you're trying to shop for a gift for somebody or something for yourself and you're in that mindset of you know I want like a big heavy tome that I sort of carry around from room to room that has kind of this classic stuff that I remember from my youth that I don't actually know if it can be as good as I remember it I totally recommend those two volumes because they are they're both pretty amazing so you you finally ended up getting sold on Simon's and Star then you know what I'll be honest I am I am uh I'm half in the water with Simonson's Thor. I'm, I, it's like, I have to admit that, um, what am I trying to say here? Honestly, there were parts of it that I liked. There were other parts of it that didn't necessarily do it for me, but there is, (laughs) I kind of feel like if you wanted something that was Thor related in 2011, that wasn't like, I don't know, the movie, uh, it's your best bet. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't sound like Fraction's Thor comic was really delivering. I honestly feel that as an event, a Thor event, I think Fear itself was horrifically, horrifically paced. And Thor himself sort of represents and stands for nothing. Um, but in Simonson's Thor Omnibus, you get enormous pages of incredibly dense storytelling uh, and the things that sort of drive me nuts that I don't necessarily like about Simonson's Thor, I'm almost willing to bet the majority of people will ignore. Plus, and here's, I think, is important, one of the great things about gifts is sometimes your standards are a little lower. You know what I mean? Like, I have some things on here that part of, like, 
You know, when you, like, have those things that you would never buy for yourself, but you're kind of delighted to get them as a gift? Oh, God, yes. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like that. Like, Walt Simonson's store is probably a great gift to give someone, because I think that if they bought it themselves, they'd be like, I can't feel the circulation in my legs. But if you, you know, give it to them as a gift, they're like... Holy crap! There's I, like so I can't much feel the circulation of my legs. Thank you. <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I guess you would you agree on those or not? I, I would I would agree on both. I have to say I found Captain America at Kirby really exhausting to read. Ah, actually, I, I, I actually found the Simonson story exhausting to read as well. I think they're both collections of spectacular runs, but yeah. it's something you have to take a break from. Yeah, agreed. I, I think if you try and read it, like even the, over the course of a few nights, if you try and read it, I think you you oh, yeah. just get puzzled. I, I think that you really have to, you have to take a break. Uh, yeah, I but, definitely um, agree with that. But they're both great. I, I yes, I, I am with you in both. Okay, uh, similarly, um, Kirby's Commandy Omnibus that came out just recently, uh, I sat down and flipped through that super quick because I've read the material at least two times through. Uh, Kirby's Commandy Omnibus collects the first two 20 issues of Jack Kirby's Commandy series for DC, and it it is spectacular. I Interestingly enough, I, I would be curious, because as I flip through it, like I said, super quickly, instead of finding myself exhausted, as I kind of did with both of the uh, Marvel Omnibuses, maybe because it's a shorter bunch of issues... I found it really more exhilarating. I mean, Commandy's stuff really moves. Uh, the, the, but also, I mean, not only is there so much... The, the great thing about, I think, Kirby's Commandy Omnibus is... And I will put this to the test when I give it as a gift to a non-Kirby reader this, this Christmas. Is that I feel like there is just... As long as you keep reading, there's going to be something that you stumble across and love. You know, like I had totally forgotten, even having read this material twice, I totally forgot there was that absolutely sublime uh, issue of Commandy where the gorillas who have taken over Washington, D.C. are are this primitive cult that worship the Watergate tapes. Do do you remember this? I I do. And and I think I completely agree with you. This is exhilarating where the, the Marvel books aren't for a couple of reasons. One is definitely length. But the second is, Commandy is just a more exciting comic. Yeah. Uh, Com- yeah Commandy yeah. is optimistic Kirby as opposed to Captain America, which isn't really optimistic Kirby. Captain America is is, is weirdly bitter, especially as it goes on. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Commandy is, is just Kirby just embracing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's also, it's, it's, Captain America's pacing is also funkier, you know, and, and Commandy's is just, it's like, it's almost like 20 issues of a sprint. And the thing that's amazing, though, is, is that there's stuff where, like, Kirby just doesn't, like, do one thing and, and sort of drain it and leave it behind and jerk, trot out to the next storyline. Like, you see, you know, the, when the character of Flowers introduced and her whole storyline runs, it's great that it gets mentioned later. You know, it's like Kirby encounters the the Tiger King Caesar really early on, and then ends up encountering him again later. Same with the stuff with Ben Boxer. Like, there's really a sense of um, Kirby. It's it may be one of Kirby's last big hurrahs uh, to continuity 
while at the same time not feeling bogged down by it at all. So it's just a book that seems to grow bigger and bigger and bigger with each chapter that you read and more delightful. So um, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. It is good stuff. It really is a yeah. horrifically enjoyable run. And I, I'm, I am, at some point, I will buy that book. <laughs> yes. At some point, I really will. I may well, end up and, waiting until it comes in paperback, like the Fourth World Omnibuses have just started to. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be great. Um, but yes, but for people who are shopping for someone like Graham, apparently the Commanding Omnibus, good thing to do, because he's not going to be getting it himself. <laughs> Similarly, uh, as we know from talking about it not long ago, I adored the first volume of Nemesis the Warlock the complete nemesis the warlock thanks to the miracle of absolute confusion volume two is not out i think is out of print and may be coming back into print in march of 2012 but that's been promised for about six months now so uh but it it is absolutely amazing stuff uh for people who really uh adore kind of the the more modern approach to batshit comics I think Nemesis the Warlock Volume 1 was was a fantastic read with just a, a brain brain meltingly good art um, and and kind of a, a really impressive um, case to be made for, for Pat Mills is sort of the, the secret godfather of, of modern comics so. I, I think it's bouncing off of that if people can track down a copy of Thrill Power Overload the, the history of 2018 <laughs> Anyone who's interested in comics history, you really should read it. It's really, really, really good. And also, given the reaction or the, the impact that American comics have had from British creators, it's kind of, again, the secret history of the, mm-hmm. what has happened to American comics over the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, And I'm just really becoming aware of that. So uh, that that's a great pick. In fact, I just jotted it down, so I might pick it up for myself. Um, what else? Uh, I haven't actually, I bought it last week. I have not cracked it, but in terms of sort of being a sweet spot of a pretty great package that seems to me affordable and lovely looking and containing classic material, uh, Walt Donald Duck Lost in the Andes by Carl Bark, Barks, published by Fanographics is a gorgeous looking book and if you love Carl Barks or you love frankly Donald Duck stuff or even like DuckTales stuff I feel that this is uh, a great entry point I'm really looking forward to or, this. even just like good adventure comics yeah exactly exactly um, so that's one that I'm I can't wait to read I uh, totally but... thought you were going somewhere else when you oh, talked really? about it, uh, just going you haven't <laughs> had a chance to look through it but it's a nice collection of classic material I thought you were going to say the Finder Library oh interesting which is it's totally on my shopping list for people or suggestion list for people I, I think the, the first volume of the Finder Library is spectacular for what you get Yes, absolutely. That is actually a great choice. And you know, I didn't, I didn't mention it, but I picked up the fir- those first two volumes of the Finder Library from Dark Horse by Carlos Speed McNeil, and they are—they're tremendous. They are—they're great value, and they're astonishing content. So that's a great pick right there, actually. Well done, Grant. Thanks. Done. It's funny. I, this is me finally getting around to reading things that I have been meaning to read for a long time this week. Because I also finally picked up Harker Vagrant, which, which seriously, people, is the perfect Christmas present for anyone who wants to laugh. 
Ha ha ha. No, seriously, Harka, I love the Harka Vagrant book. I think it is so I'm good. going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Is it because you just like you just like the way it's been the format? Yeah. I would actually prefer that people spend the money and get Never Learn Anything from History by Kate Beaton, which is published uh, through uh, Tapatico. I'm sorry, have you just gone hipster and non-mainstream on me? Uh, no, no, no. Have no, you no, said, no, no, no. have you just done the, I prefer her earlier work before she sold out? Is that what no, you're going No, 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 because it's the same work. It's the same work. It's a lot of it. The majority of it is the same cartoons. The difference is I really feel that Harka Vagrant is formatted too small. I feel the the volume's too small, and I, I feel that it results in some really weird choices, and I feel like there's some really bad pacing in it. Like when they take some of the comics uh, and, and, and break them. Pages? Yeah, yeah there, there's exactly. some oddness in that. I don't know. I just... I can see what you're saying, but I, yes. I honestly I just think Harker Vigan is a great, great package. And if no one's ever read a Kate Beaton before, I don't think that sort of thing would matter. I, I think that amount of material for, like, was it $20 in hardcover with the notes? I think it's great. Yeah, uh, it, I I wish I could agree. I really wish I could agree because I picked it up. It was absolutely hands down my one of my most eagerly anticipated books of the year. And I thought Never Learn Anything from History was just better put together and a more satisfying collection. It's actually only if you get it through, don't buy it through someplace like Amazon because it's a hilarious what people are trying to sell it for there. But if you go to Tapatico, you can pick it up for under $20. Is it still available there? Uh, Tapatico, yeah, it is. I went and checked. That is awesome. Okay, people, yeah. do that instead. Anyway, Kate Beaton, you should definitely give Kate Beaton for Christmas. Definitely, one thing or the other. And while we're talking about uh, web comics and Tapatico, I meant I ranted about it just a few weeks ago. That first collection of Ogloff is spectacular. It, uh, I think the description that I used was, "What if Carl Barks had written a, a, a porno version of Game of Thrones?" I, I'm still sticking to that. It's, it is, it's filthy and really clever and takes so many fantasy tropes and turns them on their head for hilarious effect. I really ended up, it was it was uh, one of the, I think really one of the biggest, most pleasant surprises of the year for me for reading. I thought it was great. And so. seeing as we're still in Spazgo, um, have you read Octopus Pie? Have I ever talked about my love for Octopus Pie before? You know, you you have not talked about it. I have, again, thanks to my web comics enabler, Lauren Davis, who I don't know if she got me the collection or if I bought it myself now that I think about it, or I borrowed it from her. But um, I really, really like Octopus Pie. And yeah. there is, on Spectacle, a, a deal to get the first two books for $32. Wow. And I totally think you should do that. Yeah. Dear listeners. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I love how you put that. That is really very strange. I'm sort of like, yes, and another thing, dear listeners, <laughs> if you could tone down your volume and your Scottish accent, very odd there. I'm sorry. I will try and tone down my Scottish accent. The, the emphasis. I'm, I'm kidding. I was just like, all of a sudden, I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right, I guess I'm going to get octopus. Let me ask you, yeah. uh, because this brings up something. What did you think of Sabretooth Vampire? Did you... Did oh, you I, I really liked it. I, I really, yeah. really liked it. Did I not tell you about going to that event? You told me you were going to it, and then we somehow forgot to follow up. Oh, so I, I didn't no. tell you how he did it. How he, how no, he performed? No, how? He, because um, it's a silent comic. Mm-hmm. To explain for the listeners, um, he played the music he was listening to as he created the comic for each strip. 
That's fantastic. And which was awesome. So he puts them up like a panel at a time while playing music. It was really, really good. That is excellent. Uh, yeah, but yes. it's that, that's God's be in mind. Mm-hmm. Sabretooth, mm-hmm. Sabretooth, um, oh, spectacular Sabretooth Vampire. Was a Google prompt for me just there? Oh, really? That's fantastic. Yeah, you can find it at culturepulp.typepad.com, I believe, and I really want to get to the guy's name, and I can't. Mike Russell. Mike, Mike, Mike Russell. Russell is, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, he's, um, there we go. yes, you can, apparently you can buy it. People, you can, apparently can get both of them online for 10 bucks. Um, you should buy them. Yes. They are really, really funny. And maybe if you guys are lucky, one day you will get to see him perform them live as well, because that was really, really enjoyable. Okay, see, now, I can't believe you totally accused me of doing the hipster thing, and then you just totally did it. No, because anyone in the same town as him. It's not like I'm like, hey, everyone, I'm personal friends with him, or anything like that. No, 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 you just did that, and if you ever get a chance to see him live, it's <laughs> Actually, fantastic. That's yes, you're totally right. Mia <laughs> <laughs> Mustachio um... Culpa. <laughs> Uh, I also want to give a shout out because I read it this year, although I don't think that it is a, uh, it, it came from, uh, has been around for a while, but Paul Friedrich's uh, Onion Head Monster, as long as we're talking about other webcomic stuff, uh, that uh, he self-publishes Onion Head Monster Catastrophic, which I ended up getting, I want to say at WonderCon last year or this year, at the advice uh, on the advice of Matt Maxwell, and it is uh, really awesome. I, it's funny. It's like he really moves everything to Paul Friedrich to his Etsy page, and so it's it's a lot of like very awesome like Batman on a unicorn type T-shirts and things. I don't really know where the uh, Onion Head Monster um, collection can be purchased if you actually have to corner Friedrich at a convention, but I totally recommend it. It is um, just really great, heartwarming sort of heartwarmingly good DIY comics you know utterly utterly enjoyable hey. Moving um, on. Uh, yes the ink owl by Jordorowski and Mobius came out this year intriguingly enough is the smaller more affordable version purchased by humanoids appears to be out of print again and now you can uh, buy copies, you can sell copies of it for like $160 on Amazon. That sounds crazy to me. I think if you hunt around at your comic stores and check around, you should be able to get something for cover price which I think was either $44.99 or $49.99 and is amazing mind-meltingly good comics. That kind of blows my mind that's out of print already. Didn't that just come out this year? It did. Well, it came out in that super, like, absolute edition, which they only did a thousand copies of. That ended up selling on the internet for, like, $300 each. And then they came out with a smaller, more traditional hardcover uh, comics version uh, for, like, $45. Great steal. And now it looks like that's out of print, too. I do not understand what they're doing. I really don't, unless they're trying they're, to... They're like, doing very, very small print runs is what they're doing. Yeah, which makes no sense to me, unless it's one of those deals where they are literally... They're literally doing a print run, releasing... Ha- a small print run, releasing half of it to the stores and selling the other half on eBay themselves. I do not know. <laughs> which would be hilarious. <laughs> it's break- it breaks my brain. Um, 
uh, other um, hmm. all right so I think that actually covers a good chunk of my my collection choices from this year of stuff that's out uh, can you think of anything else like something else that got collected that came out that you were like ooh la la ish about that got collected um, yeah, like did all star superman did absolute all star superman come out this year and I paid it no attention or I want to say that was last year Okay. Oh, we should mention. Um, but that if, the trade of that came out, the paperback version of Absolute All Star Superman came out. Oh, there was a there was a trade of Absolute. Yeah. All Star. Wow. Huh. Interesting. That's fascinating. That's it. It's, it's was, probably smaller. It's uh-huh. probably not Absolute size, but definitely a paperback of the full twelve issues came out this year. Oh, okay. Okay. As opposed to breaking it into the t- two volumes yeah. or whatever. Okay, that's good to know. And now that I think about it, I totally Absolute forgot. Three. Uh, oh, absolutely! Three was out this year. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that's worth keeping an eye out for. Oh, and Day Tripper! A gift. Day Tripper, right? Which has been sitting on my shelf for nine months, and I still have not actually read. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend Day Tripper to the people, uh, to the magical realists that you're looking to buy for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I'm not sure if that's like a a well-known category of gifts. Of gifts. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. And I should mention, because I forgot, this came out this year, and we, of course, read it and enjoyed it and talked about it at great lengths. Showcases Trial of the Flash. Absolutely insane. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Insane batshit issues of The Flash, a classic story in super, super affordable black and white um, from DC Comics. If you you like your comics, really goddamn odd. Uh, it, it's a fantastic. Oh yeah, fantastic. It, yeah. If, if you like weird comics done weirdly that don't necessarily work in black and white, it's the book for you. <laughs> Which sounds like an anti-selling point. Was the Batwoman collection this year or last year? It was last year, wasn't Bat it? Girl, I think it was last issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, last year. It's funny because I was like, I wanted to like. We'll, it'll be curious to see if we get a chance to talk about new comics, considering the handful of new comics that I've I've read. I might be able to send jam some. So those are my my picks for collections. There's a few trades, very few trades that because I'm just wasn't paying that much attention this year and I didn't comb through the list very well. But um, I think although I had a lot of troubles with the issues engaged in it, again in that sense of like buying something as a gift for someone that they would appreciate that they might not get themselves that they'd just be kind of impressed with. Um, Craig Thompson's Habibi I think would be a wonderful gift for the right person. I have still not read it. Aha. Interesting. Dude, you know what's interesting, Graham? The first half of the year was really, you definitely carried me. You know what I mean? Like, you were reading all the cool kid comics and telling me about it. And, of course, you had all the news stories and things. And then, yeah, we've flipped. We've flipped in so many ways. It's kind of weird. Like, I'm reading these comics. I'm like, what do you think? You're like, "Ah, I haven't read it. You know, but... Hilariously, while, while looking on my shelf... Uh, I've just realized there is a collection that I want to add to your collection list and I'm completely serious when I say this the Archie Marriage Life collection is weird enough that I genuinely think people should read it yeah the Archie Archie gets married because you unfortunately audio cut out a little bit it's called Archie the Married Life wow Okay. volume one because it's what happens after it's not a marriage it's the Archie adult soap opera afterwards (laughs) <laughs> which I would love to read. And With that's cross the stuff timelines. I, 
Exactly, where Michael Uslan talks about the whole Archieverse, yes, right? which they completely set up in the first volume. Like, they show yeah. you the different realities in the Archie multiverse in the first volume. Yeah. You know, I have to say, like, don't you think that, like, Archie Comics should get some sort of, like, special sort of shout-out award this year? For being awesome, for that, for going day and date first, for setting up a digital subscription first. Yeah, yeah, I really think so. For, for having an openly gay character, not only in his in his own title, you know. No, I, I, I think Archie has done a great job this year, and it really doesn't get the credit it deserves as a company. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. I think because it's under so much, under the radar. But in terms of a, a company that seems to be doing an astonishingly good job of figuring out how to fit into the 21st century it's doing it's it's somehow weirdly leagues ahead of what marvel and dc and some larger publishers are doing in many ways so yeah, i really think it is i think archie's one of these companies that's really quietly turned into a company that everyone should be paying attention to absolutely absolutely so i, I think that's that's a special shout out um Another thing that I should mention on the trade front is uh, Love and Rockets Volume 4. If you ever used to read Love and Rockets, um, Volumes 3 and 4, each published annually, so last year's volume and this year's volume, Jaime Hernandez, (laughs) yeah, will probably break it in multiple places. It really is like um, an absolutely invigorating magical car crash of the soul it really is extraordinarily good stuff i i adored it i really did i just flat out adored love and rockets book four i thought it was exceptional um also and sorry yes i was gonna say also no, 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 exceptional no. front uh, ganges issue four exactly which i actually had on my list under quote unquote actual comics Ganges number four, which you can go to your better comic store and and get off the shelf for a mere pittance is uh, some of the uh, absolutely best comics I've read this year and and just astonishingly astonished stuff. I yeah, mean, it really, really, really is great. Like, yeah, so yeah, agreed. Ganges number four. It's like, I'm like, oh, it's on my list. I wonder if I should put it in the... So wait, I, I've got a question. How, yes. So you have like hardcover collections, trades. Are you then heading towards like OGNs or... Are OGNs under trade or... Yeah, exactly. How are you it's one breaking of those, it out? <laughs> it, it is a good question. Basically, anything that I had at that came out this year that sort of was previously "quote unquote" collected um, came out under collections. Then I've got trades, which involve which include OGNs like Habibi, uh, Love and Rockets, Book Three and Four, um, Finder Voice, which I was going to mention, which is the latest Finder volume and therefore isn't a collection by Carlos Speed McNeil. Um, Gingerbread Girl, so it's more of the OGN type stuff, um, but also because it was so, it just came out in trade. Uh, I really want to give a special shout out to Witch Doctor Volume One, the trade paperback that just came out from Image. Like came out like issue Wednesday, right? It came out yesterday. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. In fact, I think when I was doing some research for it, it is not actually available on Amazon. Now, of course, I'm sure by the time listeners hear this... I'm sure it will be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, that is just fabulous stuff. I I really hope that that comes... Why are you not giving me that? It's so funny. It's like, I'm like... Because it was one of those deals where I wanted to talk about 
Brandon Seifert is the writer and Lucas it is Lucas God, Is it Lucas I, Haas or am I completely making that name up? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's Lucas Haas is the um is the artist. Is the artist. And it's I'm it kinda is killing me that it, it doesn't seem to be getting more coverage than uh, then I I figured that it would be because I I think that it is absolutely just an exceptionally good fantasy comic. It's really really droll. Like I almost feel like I have a sneaking suspicion that there's a, a strong Doctor Who influence in there that I don't know about because I don't watch it. You know we're both wrong. Lucas Haas I think is, is an actor. I've just looked yeah at yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> I was like oh shit we did the guy who was like um, in in uh, was it Witness. Um, he was in Inception, apparently. Yes, he's great in Inception. Lucas Kettner. Yes, Kettner. Um, Lucas Haas, also look for him in Brick. Fantastic in Brick. Oh, Brick's a um, Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw just completely get off the subject, even though, like, we both have a hard stop today. Um, I saw 50-50 last week, and I really oh, yeah. liked it. I really did it. Good, good, good. I thought you would dig it. That's right. You were actually left our last podcast to, to go see it. it. Yes. Yeah. Getting back great? on... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Getting back on the subject... Yes. I completely agree with you. The Gingerbread Girl by Fault Opening Colin Cooper should be on the list. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah. I, I just love it. It's, it's a, yeah. such a great little human book. Um, and it's really cheap, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's about 95. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year I was raving about Stigmata by Lorenzo Matotti. Uh, yeah, I think you were, in fact. Um, it's gorgeous. Just... just heartbreaking and, and so well illustrated it's worth buying for the illustrations alone um, yes. similarly worth buying for the visuals alone in part because it's an entirely silent graphic novel Dave McGean's Photograph oh interesting um, which is one of those things that I'm kind of like if you've been following McKean then you have to get this book like if you're a McKean fan and you're someone who's you've been following his career for a while I feel like it, it's it's great. I'm not sure how well it sells to other people, if that makes right. sense. But um, if you're a McKean fan, it's it's just it's everything you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is silent. It's an entirely silent graphic novel. Wow. Um, and also, anyone who is scared of nudity, you don't want to buy it. It's his pornographic book. Do you remember he was doing interviews and he's like, it's my porn book, and I had visions of, oh god, it's going to be another Lost Girls. No, it's actually right. really good. Um, not a graphic novel, but Culture by Ryan Hughes, the designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. It's really, really, really good um, for people who are into popular culture um, or visual thinkers. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's got an awful lot there. Um, oh, interesting. For on a similar line, but this is really for people who are completely nerdy, um, there is a book called Just My Type by god i think it's simon garfield which is basically a book about typography oh wow um and it's really great simon garfield just my type of book about fonts um and it's it's just great it's it's a really fun it's the history of some type uh, fonts uh mm-hmm. typography as a as a thing in and of itself it's got a chapter about comic stands and why we shouldn't hate the guy who created comic stands <laughs> Because um, the guy who created Comic Sans created Trebuchet, which is I love as a typeface. Um, right. And he also created it for a very specific purpose that it never got used for. Uh, exactly. But you know, it's, it's, it's if, again, if you're kind of nerdy about type or about design, uh, Just My Type by Simon Garfield is a great book. Right. 
And, you know, I have to say, just to back up a little bit, I do have various caveats for various things. Like with Habibi, like Gingerbread Girl and to an extent maybe Onion Head Monster or Sabretooth Vampire are those books that are delightful to get as gifts because, again, there's that sense of you're being given something that is very light and fanciful and doesn't maybe, like, depending on how much, you know, money and sweat that you would put into it, you might be frustrated by. I was actually frustrated by Gingerbread Girl as much as I loved parts of it, but I think if I'd been given it as a gift, I'd be like, this is fantastic. So, just a slight caveat there, and uh, in case you're, you'll be having an O-Gram, I just wrote down that Simon Garfield book, because I think I might get that for Edie. And yes, so. I, I think she'd love it. So you might have to edit this part of the podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. Also, last graphic novel, um, Lewis and Clark by Nick Bertosi is spectacular and did not get anywhere near the amount of attention or praise or anything this year that it deserved. It's really, really great. And it kind of breaks my heart that people didn't pay attention to it. <coughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Bertosi is one of those guys who just kind of can't seem to get a break, which is fascinating to me. Did, did you read I his salon? Like continues to prove. Uh, no. See, that's it. Oh I'm god, his salon is really, it. really good. It, again, it came out like it came out a few years ago. It came out when I was oh, several years, at least three years. I yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, but it's it's spectacular. Any art historians amongst you who thought wouldn't it be great if there was like a murder mystery starring Picasso? Uh, right. It's all centered around ghosts who come about because of the absence. Wow, that's fabulous. Then you should really be reading the, the Salon, which is like, again Nick Bertozzi. He's he's a fucking spectacular talent, and he mm-hmm. for some reason people are not like falling at his feet. Yeah, I, again, I don't. Well, I you know. I've liked his work, but it's funny. He's one of those guys who, well, I'll have to read the books and let's let's make that a topic for the new year because I definitely have some other stuff to like power through. One book that I've read that, you know, somewhere falls between, uh, there's like so much manga that I am honestly backlogged on. And so like, for example, I feel like there's a bunch of like uh, Asuma Tuzuka stuff that came out that I have not talked about at all on the podcast, um, such as the volumes of Blackjack that I keep getting. I have volumes of tw- 20th century boys that are sitting there unread that I'm just like, someday, some week, I will sit down and power through. 20th century boys you- kills me because I read it in spurts. I get out of five in like three volumes at a time because when I get into it, I'm like, I must read the next one, I must read the next one. But because yes. I read it in spurts, I'm like, I have no idea where the story is every single time I start a new volume. Totally, totally. It is one of those things that's a heartbreaker. In fact, um, Bakuman volume eight came out this week. And as you know, I love me some Bakuman. Actually, maybe it was last week. Bakuman Volume 8 came out last week. And I sat down to start reading. I'm like, oh boy. And I'm like, wait, I can't, I literally cannot remember where, what's going on in the story. So I actually spent a day where I was like, I'll just skim through Volume 7 and then read Volume 8. And of course, ended up reading them both. And, uh, adored it. So as you know... Bakuman Volume 8 is the greatest title ever. Yeah. Listeners, it's called Panty Shot and Savior. Yes, isn't that great? That Panty Shot and Savior. Yeah, it's a great volume. I, it's deeply, deeply enjoyable. Uh, I'm trying to look at, I've even read issue seven. I think I have. 
I think you have, but you know what? It's kind of worth reading again. Yeah, I'm going because... to get issue seven at library again just to remind myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely do I, it. I, was, uh, I ended up sold in Bakuman. I, I really yes. have problems with it earlier, but I would, I would ultimately agree with your, yeah. your suggestion. Uh, while I have the, the, the mic for two seconds, I completely got the name of the Dave McKean book wrong now that I look at it. It's called Celluloid, not Photograph. Oh, okay. That is good. I, I'm sorry. It just for some reason your your mic was not only seizing the day, but also the lower trouble. It, it was called <laughs> Sally what? Celluloid. Celluloid. Thank you. Right. That makes sense. Why you went from that to photograph? So yes, uh, celluloid. Excellent. Bakuman. Good. I'm going to sort of tear through some actual comics that I think we've talked about and loved and Graham can 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 also give thumbs up and thumbs down and then I can move on to a quick digital picks which I'm very excited to do since it's kind of a new thing so actual comics Ganges number four which we talked about uh, if you can hunt down the Wolverine debt of death one shot uh, David Oshaw's work I think on that is spectacular and it's just a tremendously satisfying uh, um, action movie in one issue uh, just great. Um, Uncanny X-Force, Jesus, Graham. I read Uncanny X-Force 18, and it blew my mind. I saw you say that on Twitter. Sweet. I saw you say that on Twitter today, and I was like, huh, which is really funny because it was the one they polybiked because they didn't want spoilers getting out, and then there was no impact on the internet yesterday. Yeah. Like, no one I, said anything, and I was like, wow, is this a polybiked book that no one cared about? You know, it could be, because honestly, I'm shocked that they thought that there was anything in there worth polybagging. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't mean it. I mean, I just mean there was a number of things. They did so much. He did so much great fucking shit with that, Graham. I kind of don't want to talk about it for the risk of giving away spoilers. Uh, but I will say that he takes he takes what what Grant Morrison has been doing, trying to do at DC. And I really think that he nails it. He nails some super compressed storytelling in, uh, issue 18. At first, when it started off, I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like the panels were too small for the large widescreen action that they were doing. And some of it has that sort of similarly more Sonian final crisis. Like basically what happens is like Deathlock, who's being confronted by one of the four horsemen, manages Deathlock that is manages to reprogram himself to essentially embrace the power of love and life in the universe because of course war has taken his has taken Deathlock's um you know bionic warrior command computer thing and has turned it is basically turning him into an agent of evil and he's able to reason himself into being a force of life and it's literally like an extension of the shit the anti-life equation stuff going on in Morrison's final crisis except by the end of it you have everyone talking about you know the hippie cyborg warrior you know who's basically running around going I love you I love you Wolverine I've collected all of Deadpool because I love him. And it's kind of like... Would, that, would that be Deathlock Prime? Uh, that is not Deathlock Prime. That is sort of the Deathlock from, I want to say, Jason Aaron's... Okay, uh, I, was, I, was say, I know Deathlock Prime is showing up as a teacher in the Wolverine and X-Men series. So. Oh, okay. It, it, and that, it, who knows, it could well be that character depending because uh, he he really does have, it's, it's just a little throwaway thing, but he's tied to Morrison's the world. Also, um, Remender does something that is a classic Morrison, pull an idea just out of your butt, develop it, and turn it into something spectacular in the course of three pages. 
just fantastic. I really can't say enough great stuff about Uncanny X-Force 18. Admittedly, I've been in the tank for the entire spread of these issues, um, but it was unbelievably satisfying. I really would love to like force the trades on you just because by the time that you get to some of the stuff that they do, I was just like, oh, I can't believe you pulled this off. Fucking, I, I, it's fucking awesome. I kind of want to like it, but the first trades didn't leave me as warm as it should have, I guess. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I do get that, in fact. The thing that's weird about it is is that it's actually weirdly... It it kind of grows on like you go for the art and you kind of go. It's a part. I think part of the reason why I compare it to Morrison is is that there is something that's almost um, I don't know. Like uh, there's like an extra bit of context that's kind of missing. But for me, once perhaps because when the art's at its best by Jerome Opinia and it's like suddenly you know. Um, evocative and uh, of like you know uh, heavy metal magazine from like the early 80s or something like that suddenly for me it the contextlessness works that crucial extra piece of context missing suddenly makes it click as a semi-surreal science fiction comic you know and I can see where that wouldn't be your bag weirdly enough it wouldn't be my bag either but somehow Remender's continually um, strong characterization of Deadpool and Phantom X and Wolverine makes it a just makes it a weirdly enjoyable comic. I'm, I can see where it's not for you. I think there's a chance where a lot of people, if everyone today were to like pick up X Men 18 or even the last four or five issues, and then were to read it, they'd just be like, "You're kind of smoking a blunt," you know. But I think there's actually a lot of people for whom this is the Marvel comic that they have wanted to read and maybe even the X-Men comic that they've wanted to read since Morrison left new X-Men. And it's kind of, it's kind of just fucking brilliant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, I wanted to give a shout out is also to Daredevil this year as a floppy comic. You can go and pick it up and, uh, by Mark Wade and, um, Marcos Martin and Paulo Rivera is the alternating artist currently fucking just great, truly enjoyable comics. Um, uh, an absolute delight to read. Uh, um, I wanted to mention Batman by Snyder and Capullo, which I, I have been enjoying and was actually bummed that it wasn't out this week. Uh, one of the things that I truly adore about DC's 52 reboot is there are at least three books that I read that I can't necessarily say that I love, but are done with such amazing levels of craft. And I kind of feel like I'm getting a great deal by being able to read them at two ninety nine. So, and that would be, of course, Francis Manipal's Flash, um, Dan DiDio and Keith Givens' Omac. And I have to admit, I really did not like this current issue at all. But uh, Batwoman by J.G. Williams three and Hayden Blackman uh, is for two ninety nine. Just like kind of just uh, you just kind of sit there in awe of the storytelling and the art and the colors even when like in this issue there was shit where I was like this is dangerously close to um like like I, I would drop this if it was being if it was anything less than uh, you know mouthwateringly oh, gorgeous you and me both it's so funny that you had that right because I totally did as well I was like really this is the one where you're actually trying to piss people off <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. It yeah, was I like, did. really? That's, that's your opening sequence? You're juxtaposing yeah. those things? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that terrible? Like, I really, you know, it's it was, funny. It was appalling. I was yeah. stunned, especially the yeah. double page spread. Yes. Yeah, no, I really had that weird moment of like I I hated that so bad. I'm so glad you mentioned it. it did not occur to me that he was act, he might actually be trolling, which would be like about the only reason that I would accept. Because otherwise, it just struck me as so tone deaf. You know what was fascinating about it though? All the ads in that book are the back. Did you see? Yes, which I thought was at first when I was like. I thought it was almost like an action comics thing of like they screwed us and then I went back and counted the pages. I'm like... because no, everything, like, everything's double page spread. Double page spread. It's like 20 pages with like only the first and last page not being a double page spread. And that's kind of amazing. It's kind of really sort of astonishing. It made for a fantastic immersive experience unfortunately i really felt that i was being immersed in day-old urine which is a problem so yeah it's it's uh, funny because it's one of those things where it looks great but the content is just it's so funny because last issue was the one where i was like they finally pulled me around and then this year right. like and then they pushed me back out <laughs> oh yeah totally like you'd said that about last issue and i was like what and at least with issue four i had this moment of like well i can't wait to lord it over graham you know except i was like this has just got to be me like i've obviously I'm the only person hating this book. No, no, I, I was, I was kind of appalled. I really was just okay. like, I can't, like, I cannot believe that you made this choice. Yeah. I, I cannot believe you made this choice. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we need more context for the reviewers. I felt bad for, I think it was James Woodward, maybe, who said that we didn't go into OMAC for uh, heavily enough, apart from like very heavy coded nerd speak language about Star Trek movies. Uh, OMAC four, I loved because there were cyber alligators. Batwoman number three, I disliked because that uh, the opening sequence, which contrasts uh, two women making love to a sidekick getting her ass kicked in ways that not only seemed reprehensible, but just was, I mean, it wasn't just an ugly sequence. It was badly written, like really very oh, poorly it, written. It, yeah, it was very poorly written. And also, I don't know, the, everything about that sequence seemed gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it totally did. Like, like, like both, both parts of it seemed entirely gratuitous. And the yeah. choices that I think Williams normally makes really smartly, mm-hmm. it, I, it's like someone switched off his brain for it. Because it, the, it, the, the choice of the way he portrays the sex scene mm-hmm. seems... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like weirdly, I don't know if it's meant to call out some sort of weird voyeuristic, I don't know, there's something about it, I'm like, it looks like black and white photos, which, right, I don't know, right. there's something about like, it. Like, maybe there will be a payoff later to that, where we find out they're having pictures taken of them, but it is, uh, it's but, uh, creepy. It, yeah, it's, it's really creepy, really it's creepy. actually, it's yeah. also really creepy because of the way it portrays the sex, yeah. that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Because it's no, on Kate's being... Not even the submissive one, but Kate is not taking an active role for whatever way of putting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's there's that. Um, there's the fact that it looks like something in like an old horror movie. The fact that it's being contrasted with a horse. It's almost as if somebody handled the um, demonically possessed uh, cheese board of Mark Miller. You know, and suddenly these guys were like suddenly writing in sub Millerisms. It really, yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird, and it's really weird that it's silent apart from the last panel and what the last panel is. 
if that yes. makes sense. For which, the love sequence. Yeah. Yes, which I was really like, no, <laughs> really right. not. Really, there's so much of that I don't like. The dialogue for the the scene that it contrasts with yeah, oh, is really... But also, do you not find there's something... Like, I think they're trying to be smart with the contrast they're making. What do you mean so, by... I, I think they're trying to deliberately contrast the two things, but... Yeah, but I... I uh, in a way that I found both mystifying and amateurish. You know what I mean? Yes, like, it really I, did I think, by the, I think by the time that you have the villain saying you're a tasty piece of sweets and I'm going to have a light, uh, slice, you're so warm yeah. inside... Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they're like, oh, did you get it? Right. Did you get it? And it's like, Mm -hmm. no. Right. On every level, no. Yeah, exactly. On every level, no. I thought that that was a, yeah, it was an awful issue. But I do want to say, again, for $2.99, gorgeous to look at and kind of easier for me to continue to pick up. That being said, I also want to mention, give props up to Batman by Snyder and Capullo, which is a book that I am reading and enjoying. I know Graham doesn't like it. I have to admit... I, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I don't like it, if that makes sense. There is an absence of me liking it as opposed to me disliking it. <laughs> yes. Graham, who does not necessarily care for it, I actually actively enjoy it. I have, I even have, honestly, and this could just be speaking to me as a um, uh, as a Batman fan. I actually read Detective Comics in by uh, what? what's his name, Tony Daniel. Yeah, in much the same way that I used to read Tarot, uh, the Black Witch, Rose of the Black Witch, or whatever. Yeah, it's a car crash, but I pick it why, up. Why are you reading Batman Robin, which I genuinely think is a great book? I should get around to it. I, I know. You keep saying you made a great case for it like two, three podcasts ago. And I'm like, yeah, because it's not terrible the way that Tony Daniels <laughs> comics is. Like, it's really, it's really terrible. I really picked up those issues and I was like, uh, ugh. Like, ugh. And yet, the same way, I'm like, it's, uh, it's bad. It's like, it's like eating burnt popcorn or something. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but it's not on my list. Walking Dead. I enjoyed this issue of Walking Dead, and I actually think that it's a comic that I continue to pick up and like. And again, this may be one that Graham actively dislikes, as opposed to just does not have a fondness for. Um, I'm continuing to enjoy it, and it actually, just as I thought, every there's a period about every year or so where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to write this off. And then they take just enough of a turn that I'm like, okay, I'm back in again. Even though, honestly, if you weren't a fan of the comic, you'd be like, no, it, this was dull and this was crappy and dull. So I don't see where you're going with this, Jeff. So those are those are those two things. But for an actual comics fan, I honestly believe for guest list type people, if you're looking for a guest list, you will be shocked by how many people can get sucked into Walking Dead. Just don't buy it for Graham McMillan or other people like him. Thanks. You're welcome. Quick, do your digital ones because I'm totally going to get off here with 20 minutes. I know, I know. That's why I'm going to... So I'm going to whip through these speed, things. Speed, speed, Jeff. Absolutely. If you happen to have... I can only speak for myself, an, an iPad. Uh, the following, I will cover this super briefly. I dearly enjoyed reading Crying Freeman through Dark Horse Digital. Each volume that's there, I think I might want to say, is only about seven ninety nine, which is what a volume of regular manga might cost you at a bookstore but it is double-sized. So it is essentially 400 pages. So you can get 
something like 800 pages of sheer unadulterated crazy shit for um like i think 16 16 bucks uh and it's fantastic it it ended up being one of those weird uh, fantastic, great reads of the year. I think the way that I ended up describing, which someone else, uh, you know, mentioned in a comment, which I appreciated, is that it's like, what if Electra was a dude in the seventies uh, on a giant submarine, uh, being written by a guy slowly being driven insane from syphilis? It's a truly insane comic book. It has people knife fighting with their feet, uh, and I adore it. Um, Shonen Jump Alpha is going live next year for something crazy, like I want to say, like maybe two dollars an issue, or maybe it's two fifty a month, which means that you it's, get it's like two issues. it's like two fifty a month. It's really really cheap. Yeah, and you can get like a year's an annual subscription for I want to say twenty six fifty currently, as long as those orders hold. That looks to be like a potential uh, digital comics landslide. Like you will get so much great stuff. I'm kind of incredibly anxious to the point where I all but called Viz Comics to ask how they were going to be handling the gap between Bakuman, what's being published, and Shonen Jump Alpha because they're already accelerating their publication schedule to catch up on the gap for things like Bleach and Naruto. But uh, but separate and apart from that, Shonen Jump Alpha, I, you cannot buy a subscription currently, but if you like make a little certificate like you do for when you give your uh, best friend like a, a coupon for a free back rub or... or um, Oh, well, I didn't want to spoil it, Graham, because that is what I'm getting you this year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a great little gift. Um, the latest volume of Casanova, Avarita... On digital is what a dollar ninety nine a volume yeah. as yeah. opposed to five dollars in print. Yes, yes, and it looks beautiful. And I hope that they can keep something like a publication schedule. I think they're already running late, but they're they're um, way off. I want to say they're possibly two months off at this point. Yeah, but um, but I love that most recent issue so much that I want to give it a shout out and say that it is worth buying. Um, or at least considering to buy, if nothing else, the Moon and Ba art. Again, in sort of the same way that I'm willing to talk up Batwoman, uh, Casanova on the computer, uh, on the iPad, colored, is is worth two bucks. And then you also know why Graham and I, you know, it'll help introduce you to the world of fraction stocking. Um, <laughs> it, it should be said that um, if you get the digital version, you don't get the back marker. Yeah, that is something I find that an enormous plus. Yeah, no, I was going to say that's not necessarily a minus. However, that's yeah, yeah, you, you should it is. It is worth mentioning. Yeah, exactly. I found that um, the removal of that stuff made my life much easier. Actually, now that he's kind of gone to letters column, it's actually gotten a little bit better for me. Uh, we'll see. Another thing that I want to talk about that I thought was again a fantastic read, looks amazing on digital, and is kind of dirt cheap for what you get is Jack Kirby's Silver Star Omnibus, which is published digitally through Image. Uh, I just tried looking it up, and wow, it gave me like it's great. It was like it, Avengers it, X sanction. It, um, it may have died because I bought it and I can't access it on my iPad. What really? Yeah, you. Every time I try and access it on my iPad, it actually crashes the app. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to have to go and see exactly what the deal is on that, because that would be horrible uh, if that were the case. It's funny, you know, I actually... Comixology was having some problems. I tried to load the store today before we got on here so that I could confirm that it was whatever it was, seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Um, you're right. Silver Star does not come up under a search. Uh, wow, that's oh no wait here we go. Jack Kirby Silver Star, eight ninety nine. Maybe I shouldn't say omnibus. Um, it looks like you can still get it. It's $8.99. It's Jack Kirby. It is 147 pages. It is... It, it it's, kind of shoots it, itself in the foot. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, it, it starts off really well and ends terribly. Yeah, it starts off amazingly well. It's basically like Jack Kirby does so, the X-Men, but he's not fucking around. And it starts off incredibly apocalyptic. It ends up very hammy and really the only parts to me that are interesting to it in the long run are his very interesting Darius Drum character which is an attempt for Kirby I think to do something new about villain with villains but ultimately the tone of mortality and death that permeates Silver Star is a fascinating thing for me to think Kirby was in some ways thinking about death while writing and drawing Silver Star and those things are among the most weirdly dread-filled things. It's very hard to read it separate from all the rest of the corny, hammy, like, hey, we're making jokes here, and wouldn't this make an amazing movie type thing? But it is, um, it's great. Oh, you know what I left off of my actual comic scram that you would want mentioned? G. Willow Wilson's Mystic. Yes, which is spectacular. Good to pick up. You, God knows it looks like you might be able to find it in quarter bins in about a year, but don't wait because it seems like the chances of it being collected seem somewhat slim from its sales. It is a completely delightful, it's the most successful, I think you called it like a Disney film, uh, a Disney animated film on on the comics page. Yeah. And it really is that successfully, I think. Um, kind of, I just adore it. Uh, well, adore yeah, it, 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 it sold for shit in the end. It was really heartbreaking to see how, how low the sales were by the end, but yeah. it's, it's spectacular. It's a really, really great comic. Yeah, I, I that is definitely worth... That is a, a great little hook. Uh, so, sorry, I saw that on my actual comics list. Um, I want to mention, give a shout-out to Batman issue 252, uh, which was the one with the spook. I don't think that I told you that it the backup story is Robin meeting Danny Kay. Which I thought that you would actually. Sure you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel is about to meet my friend. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very weird. Like you get a page of of Batman matching wits with the Spook, a character who's supposed to be dead. Great Irv Novik art, just kind of very satisfying. It is ninety nine cents on the Comicsology store. It it is the sort of thing that you cannot easily find out in the world. I think. Uh, and and you aren't really taking much business away from a comic store from hunting it up. I say find it, buy it, get it. My final digital pick, um, number five, which is uh, by the guy who did um, Black and White. Uh, do, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, let's see if I can get no, to it. No, Black and uh, White? Yeah, te- also known as Tekken Concrete. Uh, concrete. Give me a second here. I, I um, would have to give you many seconds because I cannot help you with this one, my friend. Uh, man, I, I am. It's going to be hard. Uh, okay, so 
what happened was this creator man yeah that's just not going to turn me let's see if I can boot up the actual app um, the guy who uh, god uh, if you were a fan of Viz's early attempts at a magazine Viz magazine whatever it was called um, ran a uh, a comic a manga black and white by this artist who was heavily inspired weirdly enough by Frank Miller so it's a very strange looking manga comic it looks like it's oh man thanks title screen for moving too quickly through it uh, Tayu Matsumoto uh, yeah Tayu Matsumoto he did um, it actually got turned into an animated um, movie uh, just recently god damn you stupid thing uh, black and white I'm like uh, which was the adventures of two youth in kind of a quasi post apocalyptic city and by two youth I mean like kids one was 13 one was 8 who basically ran around and fright, fought crime and got like uh, got in fights with the mob number 5 is a an app that you can get on the iPad that allows you to buy essentially all 37 chapters of his story called number 5 in it looks like 10 issue chunks, 7 issue chunks. I guess it's yeah, it's 8 issue chunks for 4.99 a volume. Um his art style is really odd. It's not like regular manga. It's almost like um it's like a weird mix of equal parts yellow, you know, the the Beatles Yellow Submarine animated film meets Frank Miller. <laughs> and number five is a sort of weirdly post-apocalyptic story that almost sounds like something that they spoofed in Bakuman a volume or two back about eight superhero slash super assassins who are in the process of being killed off by the enigmatic super assassin number five. Um, I only read half of the first chapter for free. You can get if you get download the app, which is free. You can read the first chapter, which I think is forty pages, and then continue to buy the chapters. So for essentially twenty dollars, you get something like thirty-seven chapters of manga. Uh, it's very interesting that he actually published it as his own iPad app, as opposed to being carried by someone else. Mm-hmm. I think, you know how you mentioned we were talking about this thing where, like, you know, Matt Fraction had this, said this crazy stuff and nobody was, like, paying attention and then suddenly people were like, holy shit! Um, This this is the comic of that? (laughs) Yeah, sort of, in that this number five app, I somehow, someone else mentioned it, I don't, I think I want to say that I saw it on some iPad news app and I was like, holy shit, why doesn't everyone know about this? And Heidi mentioned it at the beat on the beat like five or six months ago, and there just wasn't a lot of follow up. So if you like Tekken Kingcrete, also known as Black and White, or Go Go Monster, which I haven't read that looks kind of awesome, um, or Blue Spring, which actually God I have read and I think I I loved now that I think about it, you might want to check out on the iPad the iPad app. It's called Number Five. Iki Comics, I-K-K-I Comics. It's kind of hard to find on the App Store, and then once you found it, you're just in the process of beginning to buy and read things, but it looks like it, it is kind of an awesome, unique reading experience on the iPad 
that I'm looking forward to exploring and then ranting to Graham about in the new year. Well, you've made that sound exciting. exciting. Does it? Because I actually felt like I stumbled all over it. And... No, no, I, I totally haven't looked it up now. Oh, oh good. No, I'm no, so glad. I have to run in five minutes. But when I get back from where I'm going, I'm totally going to look it up. Excellent. So there we have it. Is there anything else that we uh, should cover, my friend? Uh, probably not. I think, I, unless I'm horribly wrong, that's because the episode where we were going to try and look back at the year. Yes, and this is great because I did the gift list with you throwing things in. You can do all the new stuff, and I'm going to be doing things like, uh, did that happen? You know, so. Oh, and that gets, I'm totally going to put something that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm totally just going to make up a new story and see if anyone believes me. Oh, you know, there's one other thing that we should have mentioned for the gift guide. Oh, no, it's 2010. You can still mention. People can probably still buy it. Uh, The comic book guide to the mission, uh, edited by our friend Lauren Davis. You can still buy copies. Did that come out 2010? I honestly couldn't believe that was this year. I thought so, too. I totally thought so, too. I I would almost swear that it's this year. Maybe it says 2010 inside, but I could swear it came out. On the copyright. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's say it came out this year. Anyone who has been to San Francisco, you should buy it. Yeah, absolutely. If you've lived in San Francisco, if you've lived in the Mission District, it is 94 pages of some really great, fantastic cartoons uh, by all sorts of talented individuals like Sean Cheeky, Jamaica Dreyer, Sharon Gerdy, Andrew Farrago, um, and uh, Mario Hernandez did an amazing piece. Uh, Roman Muradov, Paul Madonna, just a really great affordable collection. Uh, I think you can get it on Amazon or uh, what's her website? There's, uh, She's got to have a website for this, right? I honestly scored a press. Yeah, it's Skoda Man Press is the name of the press, but yeah, but uh, is there a website for us? Yeah, I know exactly. I'm I'm going to I'm going to look vamp, Graham, vamp. That was that was great vamping. Did you hear about the the um, Mission Impossible three that just came out, directed by Brad Bird? That would that be Mission Impossible four? Shit! Yes, thoroughly was a new one. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. You do know I, that it has an action sequence set to Dean Martin's "Ain't That a Kick in the Head," don't you? I did not, but um, having seen the trailer, where which pretty much just made me go, "Yeah, Brad Bird definitely knows how to frame a scene." Uh, a scene. Mm-hmm. Skodaman.com, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> Skodaman.com. Please go to com and get the comic book guide to the mission. If you have someone who loves comics, loves San Francisco, and loves the mission, it's a great collection. And that, my friend, may have to be. Yeah, we totally do. We so, totally listeners, we'll be back fire. Next week. Good job. Yeah, I know, I know. Thank you, sir. Uh, that was, I think, that was a pretty good list of comics. I think so. Hopefully, that will that will keep people busy, uh, uh, give them some gift suggestions, and we'll be back next week to talk about the new stories of the year. And I get to spend a lot of time going, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, like I did this week. <laughs> Go team comics. Hooray! Yeah, <laughs> All right, see you, listeners. <laughs> I'm waving. I don't really like see you. I'm off.